Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is uh, going to many community radio stations on the Community Radio Network and also a few other renegades who are not part of the Community Radio Network. This is the Anarchist World this week. My name is Joseph Scarner. I'm hosting today's program. If you know what anarchy is all about, listen to the program. I'm not going to do the definition this morning because I think people are getting bored with definitions. Now, I have, I'm underwhelmed this week, underwhelmed. So I expect you to actually overwhelm me, not underwhelm me, but last week was pretty extraordinary. Now, we're going to have a lot of facts and figures because it's important to understand how the government strategy has changed and why Abbott looks like a prime minister and you've got to look at you know what's happening. But we'll look at all that in due time. Now, I've got a few announcements Yes. Now, if you're in the city of Melbourne, well, on the outskirts of the city of Melbourne, on the 7th and 8th and 9th of March, which is the Labor Day, the traditional Labor Day weekend. Now, what's the Labor Day weekend? It's quite a fascinating history about Labor Day in Melbourne because Labor Day was much, much, much more important than May Day. And our workers took it very seriously. We, we have, you know, photographs of tens of thousands of workers who take Labor Day off and actually march behind their union banners. Now, in the 50s, in an attempt... Yeah, Mr. Balty, that's right, Mr. Balty. God, or the devil rest his soul. Um, in an attempt to destroy Labor Day, they set up a community festival. That's right. A community festival. And they were looking for a really catchy, catchy name. And they thought, wouldn't it be radical <clears throat> to have an Aboriginal name? So they went and saw Mr. Onus, well known in the Victorian Aboriginal community at that particular point in time, who was also a delegate, a union delegate. Now, when Mr. Onus heard about this so-called festival, he suggested the name Moomba. And Moomba, in the local Aboriginal tongue, is means up your bum. That's right. 
up your bum. So the Labor Day marches have died out. But the Moomba Festival continues to go from strength to strength with government support. So if you really want to celebrate over the Labor Day weekend and you don't want to go to the tawdry, glittery, Moomba events, you do have an option. Now, the folk who organise the Melbourne Anarchist Book Fair every August have been organising Camp Anarchy for the last four years. And their definition of anarchy is obviously voluntarism and mutual aid. Now, they um, have used the example, and I hope I get this right, of the Pinkester London Anarchist Camp, which has been held in the Netherlands for nearly 50 years. And Camp Anarchy at Yarra Junction, just outside Melbourne, is held at Camp Eureka, which was built by the Eureka Youth League, part of the Communist Party in the 30s and the trade unions. Now, There'll be stalls, there'll be discussions, there'll be skill shares, food, kids space and much, much more. Sounds like an alternative Moomba, doesn't it? But it's much, much more than that. Now, there are a few beds and a few huts. But you'll really need to bring a swag or a tent because usually there's more people than beds. Now, there is a little bit of a uh, cost involved. $25 a night for waged and $20 a night for unwaged. Kids are free, stalls are free and uh, undercover tables are provided for the stalls. And uh, in true anarchist tradition, all money is used to cover expenses and no one is getting paid anything for their involvement. So how do you find out about it? It's very simple you go to their Facebook page. Yes, Camp Anarchy, their Facebook page. Very simple. Simple, simple, simple. And if you're wondering where it is, it's at 100 Tarango, T-A-R-R-A-N-G-O. That's right, T-A-R-R-A-N-G-O Road in Yarra Junction. Doors open about nine on Saturday morning. Uh, yours truly, that's right, yours truly, myself. I've been roped in this year. I'm not into camping, but I've been roped in this year to do a uh, workshop, which will be starting at the 11.30 on uh, March the 7th, which is Saturday, on 21st century anarchism. Should be a great deal of fun. So uh, have a look at their Facebook page, Camp Anarchy. Uh, hopefully we'll see a few familiar faces there. Uh, this is the fourth year. Now, if you're interested in map references, the Melway references page 288K10. It's about an hour's drive out of Melbourne. And a uh, great way to spend the Labor weekend if you're an activist because there's not much to do in the city of Melbourne apart from go to the parade, and, which has got nothing to do with Labor Day. So uh, 
Quite extraordinary, isn't it? Quite extraordinary. So as I said before, yours truly, Joseph Scanner, will be presenting a, a workshop paper, go for about an hour and a half from 11.30 to 1 on Saturday the 7th. Now, there's many, many, many other workshops. There'll be many stalls, many people exchanging ideas, but the main function of Camp Anakin is like any conference, any gathering, it's about networking. It's about finding out who's doing what and uh, getting involved with other people. I mean, that's what it's about. It's about sharing experiences. It's about, you know, working with people with similar ideas. Not the same ideas, but similar ideas, because obviously everybody at Camp Anarchy has one thing in common. They want to live in a society without rulers, and that's all anarchism is about, society without rulers. So... Hopefully you can uh, turn up. As I said before, go to their Facebook page, Camp Anarchy and Hey Presto. There it is, Lush Bushland Setting, Camp Eureka at Yarra Junction. Book it into your diary. Well, there's no point booking it into your diary. It's this weekend coming, 7th, 8th and 9th, Labor Day weekend. So uh, make a fist of it. Go down there. Give them some support. These are the type of activities that um, need to be supported. Now, a lot of people have asked me what's happening with the West Parkland Office Rent Collective. Well, we have some fascinating information. The office has nearly been established now for 12 months, a fawn in the side of the uh, Indonesian government, which did its best to try to close it down. But as the West Parkland activists weren't providing any money for the uh, office, it was being provided by... Independent thinking Australians, nothing they can do. So the Federal Republic of uh, West Papua's Department of uh, Foreign Affairs, Trade and Immigration, that's the uh, office. Now, the great thing about the office is this is something, this is an initiative which is being carried forth by ordinary Australians who believe in the concept of West Papua independence. And the Red Collective has been actually been able to provide a space, a meeting space for West Papua activists, not just from uh, Melbourne and Victoria, but from across the country. It's been a mechanism by which they can organise particular events keep an eye on what's happening in West Papua and inform the Australian people. And although they've had uh, they've got an extensive uh, computer network up, although they've had a number of attacks on their computer network, they've been managed to actually uh, withstand all these attacks. So two things I'd like to remind you of. There will be... Yep. Now, this is funny, isn't it? This is funny. There will be the launch of the West Parkland's Women's Office. The reason it's funny is I can't find a date, but I am pretty confident it's 
on the December, sorry, March the Sunday, the March the fifteenth. Now the women's office in the West Papuan uh, Federal Republic of West Papuan uh, office was launched on the second of February two thousand and fifteen, and the office amplifies the concerns and ambitions of women in West Papua buttressing the foundations of the fest of the Federal Republic of West Papua. Now the office is seeking ideas and participation of Australian, Melanesian and Pacific Island women as well as West Papuan women in Australia. And I've got a contact uh, name and phone number. Now they have a uh, I'm pretty confident it's on uh, Sunday the 15th of March. Hopefully I'm right, but I will make sure I get it all right next week. If you want further information regarding the launch of the West Papuan Women's Office, you can contact Natalie on 0421 now, as far as the Rent Collective is concerned, it's going well. We are approaching our second year. In order to uh, ensure that the Rent Collective maintains its integrity and we continue to raise the money for the rent, there will be an anniversary party on Sunday the 3rd of May. That's right, Sunday the 3rd of May at the office. So put that at midday. That's Suite 211. 838 Collins Street, Docklands. Now, if you're interested in uh, finding out and you're in, the, in Docklands or in the city of Melbourne, pop into the office, Suite 211, 838 Collins Street, Docklands. Office hours are 9.30am to 5pm Monday to Friday. You can telephone on 9 O four nine nine five nine zero. We'll have some more information regarding the uh, the launch of the West Papuan Women's Office, which I think is on the fifteenth of March, but I will confirm that next week. And uh, we and also the uh, the first anniversary party, which will occur on Sunday, the third of May. Put that in your diary. Okay, let's one more little thing and then we'll do a bit of analysis. Now, last week we launched on the radio program, just on the radio program, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest. This is a new political party slash community activist group whose aim is to ensure the interest of the Australian public I put, the, I put before the interests of unaccountable corporations whose major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders, irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. Simple concept. Simple idea. Simple idea you actually do not hear about. That a government is there not just to protect its citizens, it is there to put the interests of its citizens before the interests of the corporate sector or any other sector. 
So the whole idea of having public interest before floating public interest before corporate interest as a political party and a community activist group is to bring this to the fore of public attention. And I'm ashamed to say that I was underwhelmed, underwhelmed by the response to the uh, launch on the radio. Now, public interests before corporate interests will have a national launch on Sunday, the 12th of April, from 11am to 2pm. Self-catering, bring your own food and drinks. Bring your own food and drinks. And the launch will be held in a public park. Where else? It's called Broughton Reserve which is, where's that, you tell me? Well, it's simple. Again, it's in Melbourne. Don't ask me why. That's where it started. Down that end, Seaford Frankston end of Melbourne. Addis Burbs, once again, public interest before corporate interests. Uh, it's in Station Street, Seaford. Station Street, Seaford, behind the shopping centre. There's a small park between Cannonook Creek and the Seaford Community Centre. So you're all invited to the official launch. Very few speeches were there, basically to encourage people to join public interests before corporate interests. Now, if you would like to find out more, you can go to the website www.pibci.net. Yeah, public interests before corporate interests. PIBC. P-I-B-C-I dot net. Very simple, P-I-B-C-I dot net. If you like an application form, you can go to info at dot net. Info at P-I-B-C-I dot net. You're not computer literate? You can always write to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052 for an application form. Or you can leave a message on 0439. 395-489 with a contact postal address or email address and we'll send you out an application form. But the key is, as I said before, we need to be able to continue to organise resistance to what's happening. We cannot leave it till the next election and the next election and the next election and the next election where it continues to be a two-horse race between political parties whose policies are strikingly familiar. Obviously a little bit different, but strikingly familiar. So the idea of floating public interest before corporate interest is to actually focus people's mind on this important question. Because this government is not interested in solving the issues that we face by collecting revenue from a corporate sector which legally pays voluntary taxation. And regular listeners to the program will be bored with all the things I tell you, like, you know, 21st Century Fox, profitable arm of the uh, Murdoch Corporation, less than 1% tax. News Corporation, you know, home of those, all those wonderful newspapers around the country which, you know, 
carry on about bludgers and leaners and old age pensioners and disability support pensioners sucking the marrow, you know, from the national team. Well, these 24 carat leaners received an $882 million tax refund in 2013. Extraordinary. Legally, obviously. All legal. Now, Resist Murdoch's minions group has been now gathering, not protesting, gathering, gathering outside the Murdoch building, the Herald Sun and Weekly Times building, the Murdoch building in Melbourne now for at least 15 months. And on each occasion, on every occasion people have had, we have had issues with police and private security. But the wider media, not interested. The government guild at ABC, not interested. Fairfax Media, not interested. The television stations, privately owned television stations, not interested. Because they're all part of the same cartel. Not interested. Although on the first Friday of the month, and once again on the 6th of March, we'll be there at midday sharp, upstairs, outside the Heron Weekly Times building, in the plaza adjoining that, not down the road, walk up the stairs, past the church, up the lift, through our South Bank, up to the plaza. We'll be there for one hour, between 12 and 1, despite attempts to physically intimidate us, and remove us because we act as a conscience. We may be small in numbers and we will continue to be small in numbers until people take this question of revenue seriously. I mean, the Inspector General of Taxation, did you know he was an Inspector General of Taxation? Mr Ali Nouras said... Very simply, he said, if you're a big corporation, your chances of uh, decreasing your uh, tax bill are really great. But if you're a small business or an individual, you're stuffed. Stuffed. Stuffed in any dispute with the taxation office. Well, they weren't his exact words, but if you read between the lines, it basically said that if you're a large corporation, you could actually hoodwink the Australian Taxation Office and kind of muscle them out of the game. But if you're a small business or individual, the Taxation Office will go after you and bankrupt you. And a number of suicides were listed to highlight that issue. So anybody of a turnover to more than $250 million has a very good chance of uh, not only legal, legally minimising their tax, but if there's a tax dispute, of actually having that tax dispute resolved to their satisfaction without any real problems. So it's a real issue. It is a huge issue. Revenue is a huge issue. So why do you think that the Abbott-led government is spending all its time on reducing services and privatising public resources, including public universities. It's very simple, because they are not willing to interfere in the business affairs of their corporate mates. 
the Murdochs of the world. They're backers. They're not willing. And while you sit at home and fiddle on your computer and watch TV, and it'll continue. The only time this is going to stop and it becomes a real political issue is when enough people are mobilised on a regular basis to highlight what's happening. And that's what the Resist Murdoch's Minions group does on the first Friday of the month. And we've been encouraging other people across the country to do the same. Because these are real issues. Because this is what public interest before corporate interest is about. You know, have you ever wondered, you know, have you ever wondered why in the so-called lucky country life is so difficult for so many people? Have you ever wondered why it's so difficult to have a roof over your head or pay the rent or the mortgage? Have you ever wondered when you said your kids to a public school, why it's so difficult for them to receive an adequate, not a brilliant, but an adequate public education. Have you ever wondered why your granny's got to wait around to have that hip replacement for years and years? Have you ever wondered if you have a non-emergent, non-life-threatening emergency uh, problem, why it takes so long for it to be dealt in the public hospital sector? I mean, this is what public interest before corporate interest is about. It's not about some airy-fairy ideological campaign. It's a real campaign about highlighting how public interest, the interests of the people as a whole, the interests of individuals within that society take precedence over the interests of unaccountable corporations who set the parliamentary agenda, whose major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits irrespective of the social, human, environmental and national harm you know, to, for their major shareholders. You know? that's, the, that's the debate. That is the critical debate. It doesn't matter what issue you look at, whether it's adequate resources for family violence, whether it's being able to be represented in the courts, whether it's being able to get a decent public education. And the list goes on and on and on and on. That's what public interest before corporate interest is about. It's not about just voting. If you wish to vote, you vote. If you don't want to wish to vote, you don't vote. That's your problem. But it's about creating groups within society in Queensland, New South Wales, West Australia, Tasmania, South Australia, Northern Territory, the Australian Capital Territory, Victoria, to highlight this issue that has three specific strategies. One, electoral politics. Standing candidates both in the House of Representatives and the Senate at federal elections under the banner public interests before corporate interests. 
It's about promoting non-violent direct action in between elections, protest, vigils, petitions, occupations, strikes. And it's about community boycotts, using the economic powers community have to boycott corporations who continue to put their interests before the interests of the public. So it's about creating a focus. It's about creating a focus for this issue. Fundamentally, the most important issue that faces us as a community. Irrespective of who you are, what your political leanings are, this is fundamental to the type of society we have and the type of society we are trying to create. As I said last week, when I launched this this new organisation on radio, there's a branch being established in the Frankston Seaford area in Melbourne, but we want to establish branches across the country, in every town, in every city. Sounds grandiose, but you've got to start somewhere. I mean, what are you going to do at the next election? Vote for Labor, vote for Liberal, vote for the Greens, hope they'll keep their promises, vote for some independent group, you know? Or are you going to start doing something now? Because, as I said before, you know, the Gunner tribe, too many people in the Gunner tribe. And the Gunner tribe normally does nothing. And there's too many people and somebody should do something about that tribe who are happy to stand back and say, somebody should do something about that. And when somebody does something about that, they say, tut, tut, that's not, well, I wouldn't do it that way. Too many of them. What we need is a lot more people who are willing to become active, especially if you're elderly and retired and you don't have those commitments that everybody else has, this is the time of liberation. This is the time you can get involved. Not to say that we don't welcome all types of people of all ages, of all nationalities, of all races, of all genders, of all sexual orientation. We welcome everybody. But again... You can either sit at home and wait for God to take you upstairs or the devil to take you downstairs, or if you're an atheist, you can wait for extinction, or you can do something. This is a great time. It's not about worrying about your self-made super fund or your pension. This is a great time in your life to actually be able to be active. While other people may only can do it on weekends or evenings, you've got that luxury of having time. Why waste that time watching TV, surfing the net, chatting in a chat room, when you can actually have a profound impact on the direction this country takes? So once again, and I'll do it every week, and from next week I will actually be naming numbers, public interest before corporate interest, how many members we have. We're pushing for 500 in the next two months. Sounds ambitious, doesn't it? It always sounds ambitious when you launch a new project, but it doesn't have to be. Now, as I said before, you can obtain an application form and find out more about it by ringing me on 0439 395 489, sending an SMS with a contact email or a contact address and we'll send it out to you. You haven't got a phone? You can always write to us while stamps are 60 cents or 70 cents, to Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 
3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can go to the website, pibci.net, or more importantly, just email us for a copy of the application form. We'll send it out to you. Info at pibci.net. pibci.net. Look, the Anarchist World this week isn't just about analysis. It's about encouraging people to form organisations that agitate to create that new world in our hearts. We may not be successful, but it can't be say we don't try. And sometimes we win and sometimes we lose and most times we're ignored. But that's the way it is. That's the way it is. And unless more people get involved, it's really a matter of surviving. And that's what we are, great survivors. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Now, I'm going to use the rest of the program to actually look at the change of gear of the federal government because it's the Australian people who have saved Tony Abbott from his own party. Concerned about the instability of, the, of uh, constant leadership uh, speculation, a small percentage of people have changed the way they're going to vote and they're throwing their vote behind the Liberal National Party. Fascinating, isn't it? Fascinating. Tony Abbott gets to breathe for another few weeks. Politically breathe. Hopefully he lives to 107. And dies a painful death at 107 from arthritis, but that's a different matter. Now, so what's happened? Well, it's simple. The... Veneer has come back over the Liberal National Party. When Abbott won the election and said this country was open for business, within three or four days, almost every major election promise which was made was broken. Bang, broken, bang, broken. They pulled out their little blue book and read through their little blue book looking for their ideological struts. That's right. And they pull them out. Remove overtime payments. Water down health regulations in the workplace. Destroy the trade union movements. Remove the trade union movement from superannuation from running superannuation funds. And get rid of over as I said before, overtime payments. Destabilise and dismantle Medicare privatise tertiary education, starve the public schools of uh, funds, privatise whatever hasn't been nailed down, if it's nailed down, you know, unprise it and privatise it. Send more troops overseas to fight other people's wars. The list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. But unfortunately for them, 
even Mr. Murdoch. The puppet master lost faith in young Tony and his cabinet. And he was agitating, you know, for a change in the leadership team. So there'd be a leadership team which he could actually run. But young Tony dug in and, hey, presto, what have we got? Well, we've got Anzac Day coming up. That's right. Anzac Day, the centenary of Anzac Day. Great day. You know, a great day when we remember unnecessary sacrifice. When everybody puts their hands over their heart and remembers World War One, a dirty little trade war fought by workers at either end of a bayonet for the glory of God, King and Country. Where over eighty, where over sixty-two thousand young Australian men died for the glory of God, King and Country on Mammon's altar. But nobody will tell you about that, will they? It's all about sacrifice and duty. So it'll be luxuriating in this khaki-led recovery. And then we've got the disaster in Iraq, which to a large degree is a, is, is a direct consequence of the Western invasion of Iraq. Sectarian evil. Khaki-led recovery, sending a few more hundred troops to Iraq. It's good for the Poles. Good for the Poles. So we've got that. We've got the khaki-led recovery, which, you know, you've got the historical aspect, Anzac Day. You've got the uh, continuing debacle in Iraq. Next step, you need to tone it down. Remember, when you do the khaki-led recovery, always have Australian flags behind you. Makes a nice picture having Australian flags behind you. Always have Australian flags behind you. Look presidential. Khaki-led recovery. Then we have, let's get rid of our ideological claptrap so we can actually be re-elected in 18 months' time. So let's diffuse some of our more contentious issues, issues which affect each and every one of us, like the GP co-payment. Now, Abbott tried to dismantle Medicare in 2004 and 2005 when he was Howard's health minister with no success because of the resistance of groups like Defend and Extend Medicare, which I was national convener of. And it's no different now, is it? Forget about this crappy GP co-payment which they've said they've buried and cremated. That's not the real issue. I mean... They got rid of it because people were unhappy. But what they've done is they've actually put in place a strategy to dismantle Medicare in the next two years. And why would you want to dismantle a primary health system which gives every Australian citizen and resident access to primary health care? Why would you want to dismantle such a system? And dismantle it, they will. Because they may have rejected the GP co-payment after 10 
you know, 10 to 18 months of campaigning for it. But what they haven't done is they haven't increased the Medicare rebate. They've actually frozen the Medicare rebate for the next four years. In practical terms, this means a wage freeze for doctors who utilise Medicare, psychologists who utilise Medicare, optometrists who utilise Medicare, and the list goes on and on. A four-year wage freeze. And what's the idea behind this four-year wage freeze? Well, it's very simple. If you can't kill the beast that's Medicare, by plunging a knife into its neck and cutting off its head by introducing a GP co-payment, what you do is you starve the beast. You financially starve it. Currently, almost over 72% of GP visits are bulk billed. Most medical practices, many medical practices, continue to bulk bill despite how little the rebate is. So what you do is you don't increase the rebate while costs escalate, forcing medical clinics to introduce upfront fees. And when less than 50% of GP visits are bulk billed, you get an effect which will see the collapsing of bulk billing as an integral component of providing primary health care to each and every Australian. And if you think it's free, it's not. You pay a Medicare levy if you're a taxpayer. It's funded through a variety of taxes as well as consolidated revenue. So it's not three. Don't give me this bullshit But because you can access something when you need it that it's no good, that you need a price signal that something has to be, you've got to pay for something, for it to be worth something. What a load of garbage. So here we have an attempt to destroy Medicare. Not through a direct attack, but by starving Medicare of funds, by forcing GP clinics to abandon bulk billing or go out of business. So... When you walk into your GP clinic and the GP's secretary says, well, we have got rid of bulk billing, you get angry with the GP clinic. You don't get angry with the government. If there's a GP tax, that's a co-payment, well, then you understand it's a government initiative. But you don't understand this is what they're banking on. And it'll be the same with the other policies over the next 18 months. The next May budget... Oh, it's going to be very nice, very nice. A lot of sweetness to a lot of people. You know, most of them won't come in for two or three years, but it makes good reading, good listening, good viewing. That's right. Extraordinary. And they'll say, trust us. Trust us to look after your interests. Trust us. We've stopped the boats, but we've destroyed the lives of thousands of people, men, women and children, who continue to be incarcerated. Think about it. 
We've got rid of the super profits mining tax. So, less money for public revenue. We've got rid of the carbon tax. Wow. You're now paying polluters to pollute, not to pollute. I love it. I just need to buy, buy a coal station to make a buck. Extraordinary. Big ticket items. So it'll all be, trust me, soft voices, no anger, Australian flags, khaki-led Liberal National Party recovery, marching to the drumbeat. Extraordinary. Nationalism, militarism, all wrapped in one. Wrap ourselves in the flags, roll ourselves down the bloody hill. <laughs> Will it work? Could, as long as they keep away from watering down overtime payments, which they may find hard to do, because they're stuck between a rock and their hard place. Their backers continue to say to them, hey, we bankrolled your campaign. We bankrolled your campaign in 2013. We bankrolled it. We bankrolled it. You're not going to tax us. For example, the Medicare debacle. Simple. You want to continue a universal healthcare system, you increase the Medicare levy. Great levy. Doesn't cover all the costs of Medicare, but it helps to cover many of the costs of Medicare. But not this government's not on their political agenda. Not on their political agenda to raise revenue. That's what public interest before corporate interest is about. Why shouldn't there be an increase in the Medicare levy to actually save Medicare if, which I doubt, it's under financial pressure? Why shouldn't there be? Well, it's not in the little blue book. Not in the little blue book. So this is a matter of trust. This is the essence, the Achilles heel of parliamentary democracy. And although public interest before corporate interest is a political party slash community group that uses electoral politics as well as direct action, and we understand the limitations of electoral action, it's important to understand the limitations of parliamentary democracy. Because with parliamentary democracy, you can promise whatever you like. And if you're elected to government, you don't have to deliver anything. And there are no consequences. It's like giving away signed blank checks. Electors give away signed blank checks to their parliamentary representatives. And when they lie to them, you know, all they can do is shrug their shoulders and say, I'm not going to vote for you at the next election. How pathetic. It's about trust. I mean, do you think, do you really think that Medicare had, would not have been dismantled if the Liberal National Party had a majority in the Senate? Obviously it would have been dismantled 12 months ago. Rubber stamp, bang, 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 rubber stamp. Do you think there would still be overtime payments if they had a majority in both Houses of Parliament. Obviously there wouldn't be. Do you think that tertiary education wouldn't have been totally privatised with $150,000 degrees 
if they had a majority in Parliament? Of course not. So, what's their little plan? Well, you lay low, you put out a few goodies, coat them in honey and chocolate, leave your electoral goodies over the next 12 months, wait till the next election, wait for your big backers, the Murdochs of the world, to tell us about the evil of all the other political parties, how they're evil and incompetent and stupid and how trade unions are criminal organisations and protesters are all criminals, should be locked up indefinitely and try to win the next election. Smile, kiss babies, give promises and so what? Do you really, really, really trust these people? Do you trust them? That's what it's about. Do you trust them? Because political representatives, parliamentary representatives, in the majority of cases, are there because of the political party they join which has pre-selected them. And their first responsibility is the political party they are a member of. They have no responsibility to the electorate. There is no binding legal contract that what you say before an election, you need to carry out after an election. There is no power of recall to recall non-performing politicians. There are no citizens-initiated referendums or public-initiated referendums. So it's only Parliament that can change the Constitution by holding a referendum. So here we are, the new soft Tony Abbott, flanked by his Cabinet colleagues, knife in their back pockets, waiting for the moment that the parliamentary puppet masters cut, cut the puppet strings, waiting, waiting, waiting. And what are you going to do? Wait till the next election? Hope your team wins and saves the day for you? Call up Talkback Radio? Write the occasional letter? Gripe to your neighbours over the barbie? Or are you going to become a little bit more active, a little bit more involved? Are you going to give up your membership of the Gunner Tribe? You're going to get nowhere. Are you going to give up your membership of the somebody should do something about that tribe and actually do something about it? As I said the first part of the program, there are plenty of options which we continue to organise. Whether it's options around militarism and nationalism and Anzac Day, whether it's options around public interests before corporate interests, whether it's options around resisting Murdoch's minions, whether it's options around West Papua independence. And the list goes on and on and on. There are many options which you can pursue, not just options which are raised on this program, but options which are raised by radical activists of all political hues across this country, which rely on one thing, more and more people being involved in the political, social and community processes. We are not just mere spectators, although that's what they want us to be. We are concerned citizens. 
I remember last time we were down outside the Herald in Weekly Times headquarters in Melbourne. You know, the copper comes up and he says, well, what are you? Socialists? Environmentalists? Anarchists? And I said, no. I said, we're concerned citizens. Concerned citizens. That's what we are. We're here to put public interest before corporate interests. While you protect the scum, you treat us like criminals. Isn't it extraordinary that the people who raise concerns about revenue, who raise concerns about making this a better place, are said to be criminals involved in criminal activity, while the real criminals are the heroes who get the orders of Australia? They're the real criminals. And yet they've got police protection and public, private security protection. What? From a few dozen people who are, you know, raising uncomfortable truths. Hmm? So, you can listen to this program. This is the 39th year or 38th year the anarchist world in various guises has been broadcasting. Nothing will change unless you become involved in what's happening. And if you don't like anything that I say, but agree with everything that I say. Look, if you don't like anything I do, but agree with everything I say, well, isn't it about time that you organise something independently of us to raise these concerns? Even just standing outside a corporate office with a little placard highlighting how these people rip us off, not only will make you feel better, but it will highlight to you that you have that power. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia and the Community Radio Network. Interested in joining or finding more about public interests before corporate interests? Leave a message on 0439 395 489. Write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Email us at info at net. You can uh, This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. It is podcast. You can access the podcast for the next few weeks by going to 3cr.org.au. You can go to the website, anarchistmedia.org. But the key to this is for you to become active. Not once a year in a mass rally or twice a year. It's not good enough just to, you know, grumble and complain. Stop being a carping, complaining consumer and become a concerned citizen. Because when the police approach you, when private security approach you, you say, we are concerned citizens with rights and responsibilities. And we are here to ensure that everybody, everybody pulls their weight, that everybody in this community is able to share in the Commonwealth and that everybody in this community has the freedoms that corporate Australia enjoys today. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week broadcast on the Community Radio Network. Listen in on your local community radio station next week. Listen in to The Anarchist World this week. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. 
Listen to The Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, 